and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If this is the first Kiwi Rider Podcast episode you've listened to, then please do give us your feedback. You can email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or we're on all the standard social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok as well. Well, uh, we've not long finished uh, ICMA, the International Motorcycle Show. Uh, a lot of big things, the biggest one uh, internationally and it's a lot of big things have been announced at that show. Next week, we're going to try and catch up with Matthew Day Gillett and bring you all you need to know from the big event that was ICMA. But a couple of things to hand that we need to discuss. So here we go. Let's get into it. Cardo Pack Talk Neo has been announced. Cardo have announced a new variant of the Pack Talk Edge, dubbed the Neo. It boasts the same feature set as the Pack Talk Edge with 13-hour battery life, 100 and, uh, 1,500 metres of range, and it's waterproof. Uh, but they have tried to bring the price point down a little. The Pack Talk Edge was announced with a brand new magnetic ear mount. Um, as the Pack Talk Edge is the flagship model, it comes with all the fruit and understandably has the price tag to match. So Cardo have listened to the feedback from motorcyclists around the world and decided to create a similar offering at a lower price point. The Neo model does away with the magnetic ear mount in favour of a clip mounting system. So you put the base on your helmet and you clip the the, uh, the brains of the operation to it. In addition to this, there are no longer connections in the mount. Instead, the speakers and microphone system plug into a loom, which then plugs into the unit's USB-C port. Pricing and availability in New Zealand are TBC at this stage, but they're likely to come in around $50 to $100 cheaper than the Pack Talk Edge. Other key highlights of the Neo include a new slim modern design with no external antenna, second generation dynamic mesh communication with faster and easier pairing process and wideband intercom, the most advanced Bluetooth 5.2 technology with live intercom support and improved universal connectivity, upgraded natural voice engine, enhanced JB sound, uh, improved noise cancelling microphone and up to 13 hours of battery life with fast charging via USB-C. More information on this can be found at MotoNZ.com. The 2023 Honda XL750 Transalp has been unveiled. This story comes from Matthew Daygillard at OnThrottle.co.nz. It's been the worst kept secret in motorcycling but finally Honda has pulled the covers off the new XL750 Transalp at EICMA. We've known Honda was going to drop a new Transalp at EICMA this year after patents were filed and, and trademarks for the Transalp name were renewed in recent months and the, new and the new bike doesn't disappoint. Based around the same 755 parallel twin engine as the forthcoming CB750 Hornet, the new Transalp puts down seven, uh, 67 kilowatts or 95 horsepower at 9,500 rpm and 75 newton meters of torque at 7,250 rpm. Weight is always a point of contention with multi-cylinder adventure bikes and Honda seems to have done well to keep the new Transalp down to a competitive curb weight of 208 kgs. Visibly, the new Transalp fits in well with the current Honda lineup as a bigger brother to the established CB500X and similar lines with similar lines and silhouette. In the chassis department, the XL750 utilizes a steel frame mated to a set of Showa suspension. Up front is a 43mm uh, SFF CATM upside-down fork 
with a rear shock working through a ProLink setup. Ground clearance is noted at 210mm with 200mm of travel in the front suspension and 190mm at the rear while seat height is 850mm off the ground. Braking is supplied with dual piston calipers uh, biting down on 310mm discs up the front and a 265mm disc with single piston unit at the rear. Rolling stock is proper off-road friendly with a 21 inch up front and 18 inch wheel set down the back with tyres and sizes uh, of 90, 90, 21 and 150, 70, 18 respectively. Supplying the trans up with the fluids needed to get rolling is a 16.9 litre fuel tank. Honda claims a fuel consumption of 23 kilometres to the litre, so that puts the bike's range at over 350 kilometres in total. Electronically, the XL750 Transalp features four default rider modes, plus a user option, five-level Honda selectable torque control, uh, integrated wheelie control, and three levels of engine braking and power. The premium electronics package also includes a 5-inch color TFT instrument display with Honda smartphone voice control, full LED lighting, auto indicator cancel, and emergency stop signal technology. Interestingly, unlike Suzuki, Honda has made a quick shifter an optional extra for the Transalp. The list of accessories does look to be quite thorough though, with the option to include luggage, crash protection and a skid plate. That last one does a good job of invoking memories of older generation Transalps. For more information on this story, you can go to onthrottle.co.nz or motonz.com. Suzuki announces a new V-Strom, the 800DE, as well as the GSX-8S for 2023. Here it is folks, the all-new middleweight Suzuki V-Strom has finally arrived, with Suzuki pulling off the covers of the 2023 V-Strom 800DE at Eichmer in Milan. Adventure is its purpose, is the tagline Suzuki have given the new bike, and they really mean business. Everything is new, nothing is held over from the 2022 DL650. At its heart is Suzuki's new parallel twin engine, yes, new parallel twin engine, a 776cc parallel twin with a 270 degree crankshaft producing 62 kilowatts and 78 newton meters. The 270 degree crankshaft should give the new V-Strom a familiar, almost V-twin feel, and we imagine a great sound out of an aftermarket pipe down the line. Like the 1050DE, it gets a quick shifter and selectable ABS as standard equipment. Fuel range is always important for adventure bikes, and the new V-Strom carries Suzuki's long-standing tradition of plonking a big old 20-litre fuel tank in front of the 855mm high seat. The new, v- the new parallel twin engine has a claimed consumption of 227 kilometres to the litre, which would put the theoretical range at an impressive 450 kilometres, give or take. The new V-Strom 800DE should be more than capable to take on Yamaha's Tenere 700 and the rest of the middleweight adventure class, with the chassis sporting 220mm of ground clearance, a 21-inch front wheel, and 220mm of suspension travel at both ends. If the V-Strom 800DE has an Achilles heel, it's the bike's weight. Suzuki claims a curb weight of 230kgs for the DL800, and that's about 20 kgs heavier than the benchmark for the class. That said, if you were shopping for the best outright performance in the adventure category, you wouldn't be buying a Suzuki anyway. Pricing and New Zealand availability are yet to be announced by Suzuki New Zealand. Styling follows the DR Big Line, same as the DL1050 range, 
but with sharper lines that seem to follow the original bikes better, probably thanks to the all-new ground-up design of the V-Strom 800DE. Unveiled alongside the new V-Strom 800DE was the new GSX-8S naked middleweight bike. Like the new Strom, it utilises Suzuki's new 776cc parallel twin, but loses 1kW to the Strom with a peak power of 61kW. The GSX-8S introduces a load of new technology to the middleweight Suzuki street bike lineup. Included in the package is full LED lighting, TFT a TFT dash, a bi-directional quick shifter, traction control and rider modes. Unlike what many theorised, the DL650 and SV650 will remain in Suzuki's global lineup for lovers of the V-Twins. For photos and more information on this story by Matthew Day Gillett, head to onthrottle.co.nz or motonz.com. Just interrupting this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast to let you know it's spring. Have you thought about your motorcycle insurance? Protector Insurance do a massive range of motorcycle insurance. It's motorcycle insurance by motorcyclists for motorcyclists with some awesome benefits like they can give you the booking fee for your Ride Forever course back. They can cover not only your bike but your gear as well and they can do track day cover. So check out protectorinsurance.co.nz and get a quote today. I was incredibly surprised I even saved money on my policy. Protectorinsurance.co.nz That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-A insurance.co.nz And thanks Protector for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Ducati Diavol goes V4 for 2023. It seems the days of Ducati's big bore 1260 V-twin engines are numbered with the last holdout, the Diavol, moving to Ducati's V4 Gran Turismo engine platform in 2023. Due to start arriving in Australasian dealerships from April 2023, the Diavol V4 is currently priced at $44,937 plus on roads and will be available in either Ducati red or thrilling black. While the twin-cylinder engine will be missed, there are a number of benefits to moving to a new V4, which is becoming an increasingly important centrepiece in Ducati's range. Firstly, according to Ducati, the new V4 model weighs significantly less than the outgoing 1260 Diavel, with a weight saving of 13 kgs for a dry weight of 223 kgs. It also helps that the Gran Turismo engine uh, has, a massive ser- has massive service intervals and puts a healthy 168 horsepower backed by 125 newton metres of torque. The overall styling keeps the masculine bike stature of the Diavel we've come to know, but in a nod to that V4 engine rumbling away at its heart, Ducati has bestowed the Diavel with a, sorry Ducati, rather ugly quad outlet exhaust. Of course beauty is in the eye of the beholder. We get what Ducati was trying to do, and apparently they put a lot of effort into making the new Diavel sound amazing, but it doesn't have the elegance of, say, the MV Augusta triple outlet pipes. Other hardware includes a set of Brembo 330mm discs with Stylema calipers to bring the Diavel to a halt, and an inverted 50mm fork matched to a cantilever pattern rear shock absorber, both of which are fully adjustable. Being a muscle cruiser, the Diavel V4 gets the expected amenities, including cruise control, rider modes, and a TFT dash. A nice touch uh, is backlit controls as well. With Ducati rebirthing the idea of a V4 muscle cruiser, can we expect a certain Japanese brand to bring back theirs? 
Now that would be a grudge match we'd love to see play out on the track. For more information and all the photos of this stunning looking bike, you can go to onthrottle.co.nz or motonz.com. Well, Eichmer has certainly delivered with the big news following previous year's cutbacks and, well, cancellations due to the global pandemic. So, more big news from Eichmer on the international intercom front. The Cliff Notes version is that there has been an industry agreement in place between a few big comms brands, namely Cardo, Euclear and Midlands, to A, allow for inter-brand communication between brands in place of the dreaded universal peering, and B, standardise integrated comms in helmet brands. This could mean things get a lot easier in the future, and less of the what brand intercom slash Bluetooth device should I buy posts on social media. Uh, Here is the press release. Following the announcement of the two joint projects between the leaders in the motorcycle wireless communication industry, which aims to eliminate cross-brand intercom Uh, Compatibilities, key members met to celebrate the initiatives at EICMA, the premier motorcycle expo in Milan. The new open Bluetooth intercom or OBI standard and the universal communication solution, UCS, were were launched earlier this year with Cardo Systems, Midland and Euclid Digital, the key brands in driving forward the consumer-focused solutions. An agreement between Cardo Systems, Midland and Euclid, the OBI, is an open industry-wide Bluetooth intercom standard helping to overcome many of the common frustrations experienced with traditional universally connected devices, ultimately allowing for seamless cross-brand Bluetooth intercom connectivity. OBI is already supported in the following 2022 lines from Cardo, the Spirit, Freecom X and PacTalk lines and available to download as an over-the-year update. The Universal Communication Solution, or UCS, uh, the above brands, Cardo Systems, Midland, and Euclid, as well as Sign House, owners of B Plus Com brand, announced an industry-wide solution to integrated helmet communications devices, the Universal Communication Solution. The solution would allow motorcyclists the freedom to choose, change, and replace communications devices without compromising on the fit and looks much in the same way that the automakers and car stereo manufacturers adopted a a universal car stereo sizing and mounts, also known as DIN slots. The universal communication solution standardizes communication system sizes and shapes, allowing for integrated fitment on motorcycle helmets, meeting the new ECE 22.06 standards. More information on this, and there's a lot to it, you can check out on uh, you can check out motoenz.com and we'll bring you all the developments as they come to hand. That pretty much wraps up the news, but as I said, we'll have a full in-depth Eichmar wrap-up next week with Matthew Day Gillett. And finally, in this week's episode, I've got to say bravo and a well done to Revzilla. Nothing gets my goat more than seeing on social media people who have crashed their motorcycles and are blaming everything and everyone else but themselves. And the term you quite often hear is, I had to lay it down. The other one, there was gravel on the road, NZTA should have swept it. Both of these statements are equally bollocks. So well done Revzilla and Ari Henning for making a video calling out this absolute load of tripe. You can see the video linked at motonz.com. It's entitled, I had to lay it down, the stupidest statement in motorcycling. 
There's a list as long as my arm of the bollock statements that rattle around the tin can that is the motorcycling-related social media. Another one is lard pipes save lives, and we've talked about that on the podcast before. This one has been disproven time and time again. Sure, if you have a motorcycle and you like a loud pipe, put one on. But don't try and dress it up as a safety device. Uh, the other one I hear quite often is I don't trust ABS. I can outbreak it any day, any time. Yeah, sure, we'd like to see that. Instructors and professionals have proven that although not perfect, ABS is good in most slash the right circumstances and it's unlikely that you'll actually be able to outbreak it, unless you're on a road bike with ABS and riding on gravel or mud. It's unlikely you have a better reaction time, a stronger feel through your lever, and better uh, feel through your fingertips to actually do a better job. It is refreshing to see people in the media, though, telling it like it is, and not afraid to call out BS when they hear it. So stop blaming everyone and everything else, and let's all get used to using the term, I made a mistake. And that pretty much wraps up the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Ray here and this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. We're a podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. Love to hear from you. Email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or get in touch on the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok under the name Kiwi Rider Podcast. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, videos coming out on YouTube weekly under the handle MotoNZ and my website MotoNZ.com with all the links to pretty much everything I talk about here. So jump on there. We're closing in on 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Love to have you in on that. Uh, as soon as we hit 1,000, we're going to be doing a pretty sweet giveaway. Hopefully we get that done before Christmas. So hit, hit up YouTube, search up MotoNZ and uh, hit that subscribe button if you like. That'd be outstanding. Uh, Otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.